Being a mother is no easy task, and we are natural caregivers. And balancing marriage, motherhood, and ministry is no small task. Today, Pastor Esther Ibanga is going to speak to us about balancing motherhood. Esther Ibanga is the founder and serving overseer of Joss Christian Missions International. She is also the founder of Women Without Walls Initiative, as interfaith women's group involved in peace building and conflict resolution. To pursue her passion for peace and good governance, Pastor Ibanga founded Women Without Initiative, a non-governmental, all-inclusive organization of grassroots women established in April 2010 to respond to the incessant conflicts that had Black Jaws Plateau State Nigeria for over two decades. Under her leadership, Wawi led thousands of women in her city to protest against the killings of women and children in Jaws during a religious and ethnic violence. Welcome to the Gems of Motherhood. I'm your host, Sharon Khan. I'm here to connect you with some amazing gems of mothers from all walks of life. Each week, you'll hear interviews as well as resources and actionable tips that you can implement in your daily life to be the best gem God has called you to be. Thanks for walking this journey with me today. And don't forget to subscribe to the show. Welcome to the Gems of Motherhood podcast, Pastor Esther. It's so good to have you all the way from Nigeria. <laughs> Thank you so much, Sharon. It's um, a privilege to be on your program. And may I just commend that it's a wonderful program you're doing, ministering to warm moms, moms and women all over the world. Well done. Oh, thank you so much. Now, I know you have a whole lot of gem nuggets to share with us about balancing motherhood because we all need balance and it's not easy. Yeah. So tell me, how did you manage taking care of your family while being in full-time ministry? Was it difficult? Well, it wasn't easy. I must be frank with you because I found myself a lot of times torn between my family mm. and the ministry. The only thing that helped me was the fact that my husband was very supportive of my ministry and he was right there at the beginning. And before I started ministry, they, um, there was a word of prophecy that came to both of us mm -hmm. about how it may look like our roles as husband and wife may be switched. And when that time comes, and the prophecy was actually given to my husband in particular, mm -hmm. uh, it says when that time comes, he must shut his ears to the voices that will be telling him that, why are you playing the role of a woman and your wife is the one going out and being in ministry? Mm -hmm. So I think the foundation of um, my call and the fact that God spoke to both of us actually helped us to navigate the waters. Uh, but I'll tell you that even in spite of that, when I started ministry, um, it wasn't easy at all. I think sometimes he forgot that prophecy altogether. <laughs> <laughs> it's so easy to forget, right? <laughs> Yes, when our know, flesh interferes, it's uh, so easy to forget. <laughs> mm -hmm. Absolutely. And sometimes he was struggling between supporting me in ministry and making the demands on what he expects his family to be like. Mm -hmm. So I tell you, um, for example, when I gave birth to our first daughter, she was two weeks old. Um, I gave birth to her in the United States and two weeks after back in Nigeria with her. And a week after I was back in church. 
Mm. you know, and she was just a baby, but I had to go to church with her. And sometimes I would just discreetly feed her and then hand her over to the next person who is with me, probably Mm. my personal assistant, and then go up and preach the word and then come back and pick up the baby again. Mm. So the truth of the matter is it wasn't easy at all. It was quite difficult. And sometimes I find myself torn between my responsibility to my family and the call of God on my life. For example, I've had to miss certain family holidays Mm -hmm. because there was a church program going on. And I would have like my husband and the children go away without me. And, you know, so it was difficult. It wasn't easy at all. And um, it's something that I didn't handle. We both didn't handle it very well Mm -hmm. initially. But over the years, we have to now learn how to bring a balance to our responsibility as parents and my call as a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm. Yeah, I'm sure it is really challenging. How did you face those challenges? How did you handle those challenges? So let me tell you the truth. I don't believe in the myth of a superwoman. I don't Mm -hmm. think there's any such thing. What helped me navigate those tough waters was actually a lot of support and help Mm. I got from my family. I'm talking about like my brothers and my sisters on my side and sometimes his own relations. And I think this aspect of our culture actually helps mm-hmm. in that we are very family oriented. So it's, it's not unusual to find your cousins, your nephews, right. your nieces actually living with you. And for the period that I was in ministry and I began to have family, I actually had help. Mm. at home. I had people that helped me. I had a cook and I was willing to split my salary with my cook Mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. there's no way I can handle it. I had a cook, I had a cleaner, and then I had a family member that was helping me with my children. Mm -hmm. So I don't think one person or one woman can juggle all these balls by herself alone and still be effective on all fronts. It's just not realistic and it's not possible. You have to have help. There was a lot of emotional support that I had from my family and also from my husband. I mean, I, I am blessed to have a husband that doesn't think twice about going into the kitchen and doing the dishes, mm-hmm. which is very not an African culture. Right. But that's not a big deal for my husband. Mm-hmm. So he would help once in a while. But because he was also in ministry and was traveling a lot and was not around most of the times, it was difficult because he wasn't always there. So if I didn't have this other uh, family support and professional support that I had to hire and pay, there was possibly no way I could have managed that. For example, when my kids started growing up, we both agreed no matter what happens, the school runs will be done by either my husband or I or both of us. Mm-hmm. We refuse to relegate the responsibility of taking the kids to school and picking them up to the driver we have, even though, you know, we have a professional driver that's paid for him to do that. 
Mm-hmm. But my husband made sure that he would do that or I would do it or both of us would do it. So no matter what I was doing, no matter how I was involved in church at that time, when it's one o'clock, two o'clock, I have to drop everything right. and go do school runs, drop my kids at home, come back to church, complete what I'm doing, and then go back home. Mm-hmm. But the matter is you must have a lot of help. Number two, you must be a planner. And you have to be a very right. organized person. Otherwise, it would just be chaotic. Yeah. So I have to take care of my home. I have to make sure that my husband does not have any complaints about his meals, about the state of the house, <laughs> about whatever he expects. I want him to be happy mm-hmm. so he doesn't take it out on me or the ministry. <laughs> You know, so I have to be super nice, make sure everything is sharp, sharp in place, perfect for him, and he's happy at home. Right. So all of those things uh, require the wisdom of God Mm -hmm. and your ability to be orderly and to plan. And then the third thing, what really helped me during those times is no matter who I was in church, Mm -hmm. when my husband comes He is my head. He is my husband. And I have to respect him Mm -hmm. in public and privately as well. Mm -hmm. That was really, really important. I think it was my respect of him that also helped in the support I got from him. Right. Because when we come to church, I'm the senior pastor. I'm the founder of the ministry. So everybody, including the men, they sort of honor me and respect me, which is natural, mm-hmm. you know, and my husband would always, always prefer to take the back seat. Mm-hmm. But I always have to make a conscious effort to recognize my husband, to honor him, to respect him. So these are some of the nuggets that came in and I had to just learn to chip them in um, here and then. And it, it just helped me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, like, I really appreciate you sharing, obviously, the role of a wife, you know, being in ministry. Now, what are some core values that you think are important to exercise as a mother? Well, now, this um, somewhat would kind of tie, you know, the core values, like, does it tie into being a Proverbs 31 woman? And do you think that a Proverbs 31 woman is a perfect mother? So how does core values and being a Proverbs 31 woman tie hand in hand? Okay. <laughs> let, me, <laughs> let me start with the core values of being a mother. I'm going to start with giving you a small testimony about my own mother. Mm-hmm. All right. As way back as I can remember, I was born into an atmosphere of prayer. Ever since we were, um, I was old enough to understand what was going on around me, maybe five or six, Mm -hmm. you know, I knew that the family always prayed at five in the morning and it doesn't matter what time I slept, I have to be part of that prayer. Mm -hmm. So I, I grew up seeing my mom and my dad as men and a man and a woman of prayer. Mm. And that was the foundation um, I had growing up. And I realized that helped mm-hmm. in shaping me become what I have become in life. I grew up to understand that it's normal to talk to God and you should talk to God every day. Mm-hmm. And I just not only 
um, knew about that, I saw my parents practice it. I saw my parents pray. And I saw my parents try to involve us in every other thing. They take us to church. Mm -hmm. So my number one core value as a mother is to actually leave your faith before your children. Mm -hmm. It's not enough to teach them the word. It's not enough to say, thus said the Lord. It's not enough to say, they have to see you live that life. Mm -hmm. And I think that seeing you live the life of a Christian or a child of God, you know, ministers to them much more than anything you can say. Right. And when they see you model the life of a Christian, in some way, even when they grow up and they feel, oh, I don't, I don't want to be like mom. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be a, like one of my daughters say, oh, no, no. I don't want any of ministry. That's for mom. I have my own life. <laughs> but somehow, <laughs> she, she never wanted to have anything to do with church. But somehow, she's, she's becoming a preacher right now. And I never said anything to her. I never mm-hmm. said, you must become this or that. Right. So modeling the life is very, very important. Number two, you must love your children. And they should know mm-hmm. that they are loved unconditionally. Love covers a multitude of sins. And what gives our children the confidence and the self-esteem and self-worth that they carry with them is the assurance of no matter what happens, I know mom and dad will always look out for me. They they have my back. Mm -hmm. They love me. Your children must be 100% assured of your unconditional love for them. And that is very, very important. And I wasn't too successful with the third core value. And the core value was basically involving them in every other thing that you do. For example, Mm -hmm. I come to church, I teach, I train, I equip by the grace of God that is on my life. But you know, sometimes we ministers feel, oh, we don't want to put our children through all this. (laughs) So, you know, you just want to be more considerate. Uh, If they don't want to pray, or we're having a vigil, or they're too young, you start making excuses for them, and you don't make the same demands on them as you do on other members of the church. That's Mm -hmm. a mistake. Because other members of the church will grow up being spiritual, being rooted and grounded in the Lord, and your own children are not. Right. And that's why we end up having a lot of problems with ministers' children. Mm. And some of them just rebel. Right. You know, because they feel that the ministry comes first before them, or they feel they're not getting the kind of attention they ought to be getting from their parents. So I think that also stems from loving them unconditionally and creating time for them and helping them know that they are important and nothing else is more important than they are. So coming back to the Proverbs 31 woman, <laughs> I don't know if that is possible, uh, if it is, <laughs> you know, I mean, um, I personally cannot live that life yeah. without the help of the Holy Spirit and the grace of God. Amen. And in many instances in Proverbs 31, you'll find out that she also had a lot of help. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think there's a lot of hype on this superwoman Proverbs 31, mm-hmm. you know, and but I don't think that as an individual, you know, any woman can be such a Proverbs 31 woman without 
the input, the support, and the help from her husband, from her children, from her maids. All of these other categories of people are mentioned in Proverbs 31. Right. But a lot of times when they talk about Proverbs 31, they're just thinking about the super mom. Right, exactly. The super businesswoman, the super spiritual woman. Right. But they don't think about the other people that have made it possible for her to be what she is. So there's no such, I I personally, it's just my personal opinion. I I agree with you. (laughs) (laughs) I agree with you. You said it's not talked about often where a Proverbs 31 women also have support around them because I don't think one person can do all of those things. And yet it's not being spoken very much. It's always being spoken as if like, are you the Proverbs 31 woman? You are the Proverbs 31 woman. And there's so much pressure on mothers and on women to be that Proverbs 31 woman. And yet, you know, those are just unnecessary pressure um, that essentially causes a stronghold of being a perfect mother or like you said, mm-hmm. the superwoman, which does not exist. And so I completely I mean, agree with you. That's why I brought yeah. up the question. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, if you and I go through the Proverbs 31 woman, you see where it mentions the role her husband plays, the role her mates. Mm-hmm. You know, she had lots of servants. Right. She had lots of servants. And then the role her children play. You know, there's just such a huge support base Mm -hmm. to make that woman what she is. And I think we must stop de-emphasizing the superwoman, the Proverbs said one woman, because you rightly said, um, it brings undue pressure on women to perform. Right. You know, when the grace is just not there. The thing is, we just cannot... We have to receive the ministry of other people into our lives and we have to depend solely on the Holy Spirit and the grace of God to help us, Right, you know, and that way, I mean, and then again, let me say something. It just clicked. I just remembered now. Remember, Proverbs 31 was actually written or uh, was taught by Lemuel's mother. Mm-hmm. That is King Solomon's mother. So mm-hmm. it wasn't right. originally his writing. Right. It was what his mother taught him. Yes. And you and I remember that his mother was Bathsheba, you know. And so she wasn't writing from a position of strength. She was writing from a position of the failures of her life. Right. And that's why she, the first thing she told him, do not give your strength to women. Mm. How did she know that? You know, she knew how David almost lost it, Mm. you know, because of the way he got her. Right. You know, so she wasn't writing from this perfect, you know, altogether woman. No, this is a woman that has fallen. This is a woman that has failed. And she recognizes that. And from those weaknesses and failures, she's now teaching her son. Mm-hmm. You know, so the Proverbs woman is not a strong, perfect woman, but is a weak woman who realizes and embraces the support and the help that yeah. she gets from people around her to make her who she is. Yeah. And I think sometimes the support might be around, but I think it's also on the mothers to say yes, because yes, a absolutely. lot of times it's really difficult for moms or women to say yes because they feel like they have this responsibility that they have to carry on their shoulders, but they can say no to certain things and say yes to certain things. 
Absolutely. I'm so glad you brought that up because there's a pressure of expectation because right. the whole world expects you to do that. Then you don't want to say no or you don't know where to draw the line. And unfortunately, some moms, even when they have grown up children, in the house, never make a demand on those grown-up children to help around the house. Right. They do everything for the house and for grown-ups' children, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and I think that is absolutely wrong, you mm-hmm. know? Uh, being a mom does not mean you are a slave to your family, mm-hmm. you know, or to your house. Right. Uh, I think everybody should chip in their bit yeah. and help around the house, and especially when you have grown-up children. Yeah. And also... For moms, I always pray for them the grace to say no. <laughs> yeah, the grace to say no. The and grace to say no, because you think no is offensive, but no, you must have grace to say no when it is needed. Right. And sometimes I, I feel like, you know, maybe moms think that it's just easier for for them to do it themselves. But in actual fact, like you said, when they have grown up children in their house and they don't ask them for help, they're essentially enabling certain behaviors in their children, which are negative. Absolutely. So yeah, I'm so glad we had that conversation. (laughs) Now, what would you suggest to mothers today about balancing their marriage and family? Okay, I'm going to speak from 25 years of living (laughs) ministry. (laughs) The word there, like you rightly said, is balance. Mm -hmm. It's very important to find a balance because you're dealing with very two important issues that absolutely make up your life. Your role as a wife, as a mother, as a family member versus the call of God on your life. Of course, in everything that we do, God comes first. Right. You know, he's the giver of every good thing, including the family that he gave to you. Now, the family that he gave to you should not now become an excuse to affect your service of God. You remember what God told Eli? Mm-hmm. He said, because you honor your children more than you do me, right. therefore you're going to lose the priesthood. And we know the judgment that came upon Eli and mm-hmm. his family right. as a result of putting his children first mm-hmm. before God. Mm-hmm. So there has to be a balance. God comes first, you know, and then you need to carry along your family in what you do in serving God. Mm -hmm. So that we are serving God as a family, not just me versus God. And then you guys, you know, so that's the way they feel left out. They must be part of your ministry. They must be part of your service to God. But at the same time, they must also be free to pursue their own interests. Right. Like exactly. They must walk out their own walk of faith with God. And the best thing you can do as a parent is pray for your children to discover God for themselves, Mm -hmm. not just to serve the God of their parents. Exactly. And that has been my greatest prayer for my children. Mm -hmm. I said, God, you know, and I, and I, I prayed and fasted about it. I said, Lord, the greatest reward you will give to me for being your servant is that my children will know you for themselves. Amen. And that had, and you know, it wasn't like that in the early years of their life. My children, my, I have two girls. 
and they're in their twenties now. And it's just, I think within the past couple of years that I can comfortably say that now I know that they have discovered God for themselves and they're working with God. They have a relationship with God. They can talk to God. They can hear God talk to them. Mm -hmm. I mean, outside of my husband and I, Mm -hmm. and that's the greatest gift so when you pray, you know, and God answers that prayer, that balance is established just naturally. But these are the two most important things in your life, your ministry, your family. But hey, God comes first. Amen. But at the same time, you must not put, the, um, God comes first, but ministry does not come first. Right. I don't know if you understand what I'm yes. saying. Yeah. God comes first, but ministry does not come first before your family. Amen. Your family is just as important because, I mean, what testimony would you have if you save the whole world and then and your, your family falls apart? Being like, like Eli's children. Right. You know, it's heartbreaking. Yeah, that's true. Um, it is. So, yeah, thank you for sharing. You know, that's the spiritual aspect, right? But I would love to hear what are some actionable tips, practical tips that you would suggest for moms to have a balanced lifestyle? How would you suggest for them to have some self-care? Okay. <laughs> that's a good one. You know, just as um, at the beginning of every year, you know, people mm-hmm. just sit, sit down and draw up their calendar for the year, mm-hmm. uh, what their goals and objectives and what they want to achieve for the whole year. I think that is the time that you must also plan for your family. Mm. For example, practically, we have made it mandatory now, my husband and I, that we must have at least one family vacation in a year. Mm-hmm. So no matter how busy we are, no matter what's going on, no matter what's going on in the ministry, and thank God now the ministry has grown. You have associates, you have elders. The ministry is not going to stop because you're not there. Mm-hmm. So ministers must realize that it is God that is building his church Amen. and you are not indispensable, mm-hmm. uh, you know, as a minister. Right. All right. So sometimes you let your associate pastors take over, you let your elders take over. But this family time that you have created must be observed. Mm-hmm. And that's the time you shut down ministry and everything and go away with your family. Just go go away and just be a wife and a mother and enjoy it. Right. You know, so practically, that should be done. Then the second thing, again, I did was I made a conscious effort to be my children's friend. Mm-hmm. Not mom, mm-hmm. but a friend. Mm. Because there are some things, oh, you mustn't let mom hear this. <laughs> but when it is a friend, she can hear all things. Right. So I remember when my kids used to be in school here in Nigeria in Offa Adesoye College, and uh, they're only allowed to have the cell phone weekends, and we're allowed to call them just once a week. Uh, no, once a month, actually. Mm-hmm. And I would call and be talking with my daughter, Uyai, my first daughter. And she told me that her, her classmates would ask her, who are you talking with? And she said, my mom. And they say, no, that can't be. 
because we could talk for hours right and we could talk about everything and nothing but you know i had to make a conscious effort to win her confidence and be a friend mm-hmm. to her yeah so that really really helped our relationship yeah. and our communication and the fact that no matter how busy i am or no matter where i go to as quote this minister of the gospel or pastor ese banga no with you um this is mom but this is also your friend right that was my and mother too exactly <laughs> and it's very important for for your children to know that they can have that access Mhm. Mhm. Yeah, it's true. I mean, my mom made a conscious effort to make sure that she was also my friend because I was the only child and still the only oh. child. And so it's like like you said, some things you don't share with mom, but you share with your friend, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so it's a, it's very tricky. in in how to It be is. a mom and how to be a friend to your child yes. right <laughs> so you have to learn how to switch the roles the important <laughs> thing is to be a friend first you yeah. know and uh why that is important i can tell you is because uh the teenage years are quite challenging mm-hmm. you know and i i saw my girls struggle with a lot of things mm. but One thing I always I'm grateful to God for is the fact that in their struggle the first person they run to is mom. Mm. And when they come to mom they are ready to cry and mom listens as a friend mm. without judgment or condemnation, okay? So I listen as a friend but then I begin to counsel from the position of not just a spiritual woman but mom. Yeah. and nothing helps them like hearing you tell them that oh i went through the same thing when i was growing up right and this is how i came out of it so they don't think that is something strange that is happening to them or they are to blame right for losing their friends or having a broken relationship or yeah. being snubbed in school and all those issues you know so it's very very important to be there for them as a friend and a mom but much much more than all of that Sharon i have found out that investing quality time mm. in praying for your children is worth more more than anything you can give them in this life amen the power of prayer you must bathe your children in prayer Amen. you know nothing beats the prayer of a mother mm-hmm. you know yeah it's really powerful yeah praise god i agree now i love all the gem nuggets that you shared and prayer is definitely one of the most powerful weapon that we have and that we own as a christian woman christian mother as you know as a believer we're or almost at the end of the show but is there anything else that you would like to share with all the other gems of mothers out there um i've also found out that belonging to a strong spirit filled christian women's fellowship also mm-hmm. helps a lot of times i see mothers try to navigate rough waters on their own Mm. But sometimes when you meet other mothers who are able to share their experiences it's such a huge support group for you and you're right. also encouraged and counseled and you gain wisdom from some other women 
you know, I think iron sharpens iron. Amen. So it's very important um, outside of your family for mothers to also have a support group. That is really, really important. And then I also want to mention that in as much as Sometimes we want our, our home to be the perfect home. And then we also want to fulfill the call of God for our lives. We need to also know that it's not by our power or might. It's by the spirit of the living God. It's by the grace of God. Mm. So having done all that is humanly possible for us to do, we must learn to depend solely on the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes, you know, mothers can be too, they come on too strong, too, I'm going to make this happen. You know, they always talk about women being the weaker vessel, but it's mm -hmm. just physically. Right. And these days, it's even no more physical because... <laughs> <laughs> We're hard-headed. You know, exactly. So we must know where to draw the line between our efforts, mm -hmm. our strength, our human abilities, and let God take over. Mm. We're so anxious to make it happen, you know, for our children, for our husbands, for our homes, that sometimes we don't know when we're crossing the line and walking in the arm of flesh. Mm. You know, so we must know when to pull back and say, okay, God... I leave this in your hands. I've done all that I can. You take over and help me. There's nothing wrong in asking for help. Amen. That's why the woman is called the helper yeah. after the Holy Spirit, who is the helper. <laughs> so we must learn to receive help from the helper. <laughs> Amen. Well, thank you so much, Pastor Banga, for coming on the Gems of Motherhood podcast. I really appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you for having me, Sharon. I yes. really enjoy being with you. Oh, thank you. Well, if you're wanting to connect with more amazing Gems of Mothers and more resources, head over to gemsofmotherhood.com where you can subscribe to the show. That's where you'll find show notes with actionable tips and any links mentioned by our guests. Most importantly, I hope you will find inspiration and learn to cultivate your own journey. You are loved. You're an incredible gem to God. He knows you intimately. He knows what you're going through and he knows what you need. Remember, you're fearfully and wonderfully made in him. Be sure to tune in next week for our next episode.